What is going on, everybody, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I'm your host, Josh Harris. We're starting a little bit early because it's raining, and uh, I got to pick my uh, son up from school after this, and they send the kids outside, so he will be pissed if I'm not there on time. So here we are. Ten games. We should get through it in plenty of time. Uh, people are starting to file in because it is a tad early, but... Uh, we're back after yesterday's four gamer. Our uh, call on Van One was a good one. Um, I used them. Didn't pair them with good things. <laughs> Still min cashed, but uh, what could have been? Because they were very low owned. How'd you do last night? Actually, well, and <laughs> it's surprising because I told you this morning. About four minutes to lock, I swapped off Vancouver and went to Rangers 2. Mercifully, it was Rangers 2, but I had Pittsburgh 2 with them. Um, Malkin, in, Malkin had a good night. Um, Drew O'Connor had a good night like for his price. I think what helped was that last-minute swap got, got, got me off whatever goalie I was using and got me on to Matt Murray. So I got like a 4% own uh, Matt Murray shutout last night, and I think that's what helped me. Went about 4x. So I can't really complain considering I swapped off the nuts on a four-game <laughs> slate uh, with about four minutes to go before lock. So uh, no huge complaints. But, um, you know, Vancouver uh, back on the slate again here tonight. Uh, your Rangers not looking very good, man. They <laughs> one, one, one good line is is, is not going to get there. One good line and a good power play is not going to get there. Something's uh, Something's got to change. But we're not here to talk about the Rangers. We're here to talk about uh, a pretty – wild 10 game slate here tonight like when i was doing the article this morning the one thing that stood out immediately was all the really good spots that there are uh pretty much across the board right um you know toronto at home to san jose nashville at home to anaheim uh winnipeg at home to columbus edmonton in chicago boston at arizona even calgary at home to ottawa like there are a lot of really good spots here tonight and while that would lend itself to, you know, some, you know, Edmonton's going to be somewhat chalky and, and things like that. I, I think it all, it honestly opens up the slate a little bit because there's not one or two smash spots. There's like five or six of them. I kind of like that. Yeah. And the two teams with totals north of four, the Leafs and the Oilers, they're very expensive to stack. So, you know, you're going to have options. And just speaking of the Rangers, they moved Will Cooley to the top line with Zibanejad and Kreider. It's not Blake Wheeler's fault that they suck, but like after Fox, they haven't been good defensively. Like Ryan Lindgren must be hurt or something because he's been terrible. But anyway, don't want to spend the day on the on the Rangers. The dogs are barking at nothing per usual. Why can't Spence and Clark be played at the same time, buddy? Th- don't rack your brain over the- like these coaches are just like it has to be coming from the front office. I, well, I think what it, what it is is like if they scratch England and play both Clark and and Spence, they'd have two left shots and four right shots. So then they'd have to move somebody to the right side. I don't see that as a huge problem. My entire thing, just in roster construction in general, is put your best players on the ice and let your best players figure out how to play at their best, no matter where they are. Like, you know, you don't put your center on defense or anything. But, um, you know, whether it's forwards or defensemen, play your best players they're good enough to figure it out. Um, I don't know. It just kind of sucks because Spence has had a pretty good season, like certainly worthy of staying in the lineup. Brant Clark is the top defense prospect in the, in the world. And 
we're not going to see them. We're never going to see them in the same lineup, at least not until next year. So I'm just like, it's just kind of frustrating to watch. Yeah. And also just real quick, we'll, we'll touch on it real quick. I've never seen such vitriol from an organization after a trade than the Flyers organization. Everyone from top to bottom is telling Cutter Gauthier to eat a bag of dicks. Like it is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. He didn't want to play for him. They traded him. Get over it. It's happened many of times. That's how Adam Fox ended up on the Rangers. That's how Matt Kachuk ended in Florida. That's how Patrick Berglund ended up in in like Sweden because he refused to play for the Sabres. Anyway, just need to get that off my chest. We have a $50 super chat from Mark Brandon, 0328. Great call on Van 1. Nabbed a 26 to 1 parlay of Pedersen, Miller, and Besser. Anytime goal. Will Josh read this verbatim like a teleprompter? Fuck you, San Diego. Matty Kachuk gets his shooting percentage up tonight. Matty with the Hattie. They say, I'll read anything off. It's Burgundy will read anything off the teleprompter. I'll read it for 50 bucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, like, Matt, it, I wouldn't have. Yeah, it, we we have a run sheet that we read off of every day. Um, there's been a couple shows where you know you've been away or, or whatever, and I forgot to you know update the update what's coming up next or what shows are coming up on Stochastic. I'm just, I just read what's there, <laughs> just keep going. That's kind of the way it is. But uh, I'm glad uh, you hit that parlay. Uh, that's a pretty sweet parlay uh, to hit last night. So congrats to you, um, and thank you very much for the fifty dollars super chat. That really helps out. I, we certainly yeah. appreciate that. Speaking of the support, thank you guys so much. I shared a, a tweet on Twitter and put it into our Discord that, you know, it's a big week since the hockey season started three months ago tomorrow. A lot of you are premium members, and you have, since we don't have yearly, you have it on monthly auto-renew. If you want to take the couple seconds to turn it off, auto-renew and cancel. And when it expires tomorrow or Thursday, whenever, and you want to go through our affiliate link and you can just put it back on auto renew because once you go through the affiliate link, we get the renewals as well. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, we've had a lot of renewals today. Thank you so much for the support. It means a lot uh, that, you know, we're here for you. You're here for us. It's a nice big uh, hug. I'm not a hug guy, but uh feels like it. Nice warm hug. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it was, it's certainly pretty cool to see, um, so many people, uh, really help us out, whether through the affiliate links, um, whether through the super chats, yeah, you know, something as simple as sharing my articles or sharing the show or, um, things like that. Those really help us out. So, um, whatever uh, you're able to do, we certainly appreciate it. And we've certainly felt the love from, from the community. So, uh, hopefully we can help people win some money here tonight. Let's hug it out, boy. Makes me, it reminds me of uh, Entourage. Let's hug it out, bitch. You want to hug it out? Let's hug it out. Bitch. <laughs> Let's get into the slate, though, before I completely go off the rails. Um, Seattle, cracking with a three total. Heading into Buffalo, the Sabres also have a three total. Not much ownership in this game. It is a 10-game slate, so some of these, like, under 2% owned spots are going to be actually pretty low owned compared to, like, a 14-game slate where it's just, like, you see a ton of them. Seattle has been a, a pretty good defensive team now, and Joey Decord might be the best goalie to ever do it. If you're looking through his game logs, it is absolutely a scene. Like, he's been putting up, like, 25-plus DK points, like, seven games in a row. Whatever. I, I don't go chasing goalies. I don't go chasing waterfalls. I learned that 
for music. But 2.3% on Buffalo won at 18,900. It's not a very good five-on-five spot, and it's not a great power play spot. But this line has been very good of late, and they are underpriced. I don't think I'll get to them in one to three, but if I was making even 20 lineups, having one to 20, you're double the field. That's something I would be interested in. Because at the end of the day, every goalie in the league will go on a hot streak. Even Marty Jones is on a hot streak right now. So, like, is Joey Decord actually a good goalie in this league? I don't know. Has he been hot recently? Yes. But if you can give me Buffalo 1 at 18,900 at under 2.5% projected, fully correlated, I am interested in. That being said, I think my favorite line in this game is Beneers Eberle Tatar. They have been rolling since Tatar got there. There's still somehow only 10,500. Now, Buffalo has been a bit better defensively of late. Uh, Their goalies have looked a bit better. But, like, 10,500 for a top line when you have Edmonton with a 4.3 and a Toronto with a 4.2. This allows you to get them in without having to use bottom six players. You know what I mean? And they have been very good. So I am interested in Seattle one here. Buffalo one. I think, um, you know, other, uh, like a couple other, the Seattle lines, or not a couple, like Bjorkstrand, Tolvin, and Gord, I think is fine. They're a little bit more expensive. I'd rather just go to the cheaper line and be near as Everlay Tatar. You want to go to Paterka, Cousins, Quinn, as a filler, I think that's fine as well. I just went all over the place in between teams, so I'll just kick it to you and recover. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm glad you brought up Buffalo 1 because they've started to look like the Buffalo 1 of old, right? Like, they really struggled at the start of the year to score, and then, of course, um, you know, Alex Tuck got hurt. Um, he missed some time. They broke up the line because they weren't playing well. Um over their last 65 minutes, they've kind of looked a lot more like the line they were last year. 65 minutes since they've been reunited, since Tuck's been healthy. 87 shot attempts per 60 minutes, 3.7 expected goals, 4.8 actual goals per 60 minutes. Um, they're not playing huge. They're not getting huge amounts of ice time. And I think that doesn't really speak to their uh, to how they're playing. It speaks more to like kind of the Buffalo depth. Like you get Jack Quinn back, so you get that. You get that high-octane second line back for Buffalo. Um, Jordan Greenway's healthy. Zach Benson's been playing well. And obviously, Casey Middlestat. Like, I'm not sure that Middlestat is better than Tage Thompson, like, in re- in real-life terms. But I-, I think it's close enough to at least talk about. So, like, this is a three-line team now. And that I think that's why you're seeing um, that ice time spread out a little bit. I-, I don't know if I would get there in my single entry. But I feel like the last time I said that about Buffalo was was the time that they had that huge game. I think it was in Montreal. Um, now, Montreal certainly a much worse defensive team than Seattle. But um, I do really like how that top line is playing. Thing is, is like it's a pretty, pretty bad power play spot for them. Like Seattle, well below average by time shorthanded per game. So they don't give up a ton of, of power plays. Their penalty kill is very good on top of that. Or at least it has been over the last month or so. Um, so I kind of like Buffalo too here. Paterka, Cousins, Quinn, they've been really, really high octane since Quinn got back. 4.6 expected goals, 3.9 actual goals per 60 minutes of five on five. Now, again, this isn't a good power play spot, but it's worth noting over the last five games, that line's been um, all on the second power play unit and all earning over two minutes per game on the power play. So they're at least getting some power play time. So 
no, no, no disagreements whatsoever on that Buffalo top line, considering, as you said, low ownership, 2.3%. Also low ownership on that second line, though. And I feel like they're not going to get, they're not going to see much of that Beneers line, which has been really good defensively. And they're going to see more of that uh, Alex Wenberg line um, that should have Jaden Schwartz back on it here today. Wenberg and Tanev just have not been good defensively together. Um, so I think I like Buffalo too. Kind of the best on that side. On the Seattle side, yeah, I did write up the Tatar line in my picks article today. Uh, as you said, um, they are very cheap. That picks article, free to read um, over at stochastic.com. Just head on over to the NHL section. Um, it'll be right there. Uh, since he, since Tatar got to Seattle, that top line um, three, is sitting at 3.9 expected goals and 4.5 actual goals per 60 minutes of 5-on-5. Get Everly and Beneers on the same second power play unit quote second power play unit even though they're just pretty much split equally buffalo's had a really bad penalty kill i think that seattle top line is certainly a line um to consider if you are using those super expensive stacks tonight like vancouver um, like toronto power play certainly edmonton um things like that so i think it's seattle one buffalo two for me in this one one thing i will say is that with seattle's lineup getting healthy if you look at their lineup like on any given night, any I think any of their lines could be the top line by ice time, right? Like the the fourth line, the fourth listed line has Andre Burakovsky and Jared McCann on it. Last year, Burakovsky led this team in points per minute um, at all strengths, and Jared McCann had a four, uh, what a forty goal season, uh, 30, 37, whatever it was, thirties, high thirties. Yeah, so like <laughs> that that's the that's the caliber of players they have on their fourth line. So I think ice time is a bit of a concern. Uh, but it is Seattle one, Buffalo two for me. Yeah. Before we get to the next game, we have a couple super chats. Fifty dollars super fifty dollars super chat from Nick Lasovich, better known as Sinistar, in our Discord. This is this is my something for the <laughs> twelve dollars sink. I can't read. Twelve dollars single entry first place. Five dollars single entry second place finish. A first place three dollar three max finish, and mopping up on Yahoo. You had uh, who'd you have? Let me pull up your lineup real quick here. I had I just had it pulled up and I just xed out of it like an idiot. Um, you won the twelve pretty comfortably by four point six points. There we go. Vancouver one, Colorado two. With Truba and Zadaroff and Nadelkovich in net. Congrats to you. Uh, that's a great lineup. I look at these lineups. I'm like, why didn't I do that? And then, you know what I mean? But congrats to you. I uh, appreciate it for the super chat. And um, yeah, great night. Yeah, that is that is a, a really good night. Um, I'm glad some people were able to get there uh, on Vancouver. That's one of those nights where everything just kind of comes into place and, and, and you smash. Uh and it went your way. So congratulations. That's a that's a really good night. Uh, and thanks a lot for the super chat. We appreciate it. Yep. And we have a $19.99 super chat from Matt Scholl. Got first place for $5,000 in the $5 on DK last night with Van 1, Boston 2. I tune in as much as I can and appreciate the advice. Congrats to you. I see your lineup. You have a stochastic avatar. That contest has over 5,000 people. Might be able to get into your Hall of Fame there. You know what I'm saying? But congrats to you. Thank you for the super chat. Great lineup. Wish I used Emco last night with my Van 1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that happens. But, yeah, uh, I'm glad to see another Vancouver lineup get there. Uh, congrats uh, on the really good night. And, yeah, don't forget to send that in uh, to Stochastic Hall of Fame. Uh, get yourself a free year of, stoch of a stochastic package of your choice, I believe. So um, congrats and thanks for the super chat. 
Yeah, free month of your choice. Free month, yeah. Free month. It only fell to 48 people, but the contest had 5,350 people in it, so supposedly. So you can just say, hey, there's over five. I think they'll uh, let that slide. Say Josh sent you. That might actually might not actually hurt you, but <laughs> – Los Angeles Kings with a 3.1 total heading into Tampa Bay. The Lightning have a 2.9 total. Do you notice when you have the the Kings tapped on top stacks, all the Florida lines come up? Or is that just for me? No, that happens. Okay. I thought I was going I thought I was losing my mind. Anyway. Did we get a goalie confirm on the Kings? Uh Talbot. Yeah, Talbot. It looks like Talbot's starting. Okay. It's it's I don't think it was a confirm, but he doesn't skate the morning skates when he does play, and he wasn't there for morning skate. Fair enough. Um, man, 23,300 for Tampa's top line here. Point Stamkos Kucherov. Like, it's a 2.9 total at home. I don't know if I can pay 23.3 for 2.9 total at home with Toronto on the slate, with Florida on the slate, with Nashville on the slate, with Edmonton. But- Boston, Calgary, et cetera, et cetera. Pretty good contrarian payup spot, though. Like the more lineups you make, you definitely want some some Tampa one here. This line is just I don't even know what the adjectives I wanted to use there, but like Kucherov, definitely a hard candidate, fully correlated on the power play. King's wagon going back to the road lines. Like Talbot, is he the man in goal? Like, I don't know, man. Like, I just feel like LA has some goalie issues. On the LA side, there's almost no ownership on LA one here. They're going back to their old lines, Kopitar, Kempe, Byfield. Like, I, like if this if this was a smaller slate, like say this was like a five, six, seven gamer, and you didn't have these massive totals on the slate, I'd be way more interested in the Kings here. It's just like, I don't know if I want to attack Tampa with the Kings on the road with some of these teams in really good smash spots at home. So, like, I think I like the Kings, but it's more of an MME play for me. Yeah, I do like the Kings here tonight. I like the Kings' top line. And the, the reason I like the Kings' top line, like, they were still generating a lot um before they were broken up the problem is like they were kind of playing around the perimeter a little bit now tampa's blue line has been getting is getting healthy eric chernak looks like he's going to be back in tonight but their blue line had been fairly hobbled recently but when the 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 lightning have you know kucherov and point together they typically go out against top competition and that means facing off against the kopitar line tonight and as good as that kucherov point stamkos line is offensively it's been a horror show defensively. And I think that's one of the reasons why you don't see them play very often together. It's because um, it's kind of like that old Pittsburgh one situation where it's really trading chances back and forth. Only this Tampa line allows more chances than they're creating. Um, 105 minutes together this season, they're at 3.9 expected goals against per 60 minutes of five on five. Like that's like third, like fourth line on Chicago type numbers. Like, defensively uh, four and a half actual goals against per 60 minutes of five on five. Like it feels like it's a pretty good spot for the Kings to kind of get right a little bit, or at least that top line to get right. Because I think once you get into the second and third lines for Tampa and you're going up against Sorelli and Esmond and Hagel uh, and, you know, and Shiri and Mott and those guys, I think, you know, the defense, the defense from the forwards can be a little bit tougher. 
with Stamkos, Kucherov, and 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 Braden Point out there, it's all one way. It they're going for the goals, and if you know if there's a turnover or if they can't connect on a pass, the Kings can easily fly the zone and go back the other way. So I do like Kings one here tonight. Um, as you mentioned, uh, not a lot of ownership. Uh, on Kings one tonight, almost none, 0.4%. Like I'd be surprised if that line is 1% owned here tonight. Um, I, I I still think that they're a really good line that just kind of went through a lull. Um, I wish the Kings weren't scratching Brand Clark here tonight, but that's the way it goes. So I do like Kings one on the Tampa side. <laughs> this is a brutal matchup for Tampa. Like, I, I know you're not a fan of Cam Talbot. Like, I, I am a fan of Cam Talbot. Like, I think he's a pretty good goalie. Um, it's just he looked bad in Ottawa. Like, every goalie looks bad in Ottawa and has for a long time now. Like, not going to really hang that on him. Um, but he's beyond a really good defensive team. That Kings top line, for as tough, you know, for as little as they were generating offensively, they were still an elite defensive line. The Kings don't take a lot of penalties. They're below average uh, in that regard. The penalty kill has generally been good, um, and the goaltending's kind of saved them in that regard. Uh, so, you know, I have no problem playing Tampa 1 because, as you mentioned, low ownership per the top stacks to only 2%. So for that reason alone, I don't mind playing Tampa 1 here tonight, especially if you don't want to play what's going to be a fairly chalky Edmonton top line. Um, they're similarly priced here. So I have no problem playing them. I think I just kind of like the Kings side better here. So I think it's Kings 1 for me. That second line for, for Tampa Bay is a little bit interesting. Sorelli, Esma, and Hagel, there's no real sample of them there. Um, Hagel and Sorelli have had a tough time scoring this year, uh, seven about 7% shooting when they're on the ice without Nick Paul. Um, I think, you know, I'm fine one-offing Esma, certainly if he's skating on the second line. I think Sorelli is not even a bad one-off option. But I think for me, it's the top lines in this game that I like best, but it's the Kings line that I actually do like more by quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, I should clarify, I do like the Kings. I just don't know if I'm going to get there in my one lineup. Like, it's yeah. going to be hard for me to get there in one lineup. But if I was making a few, I'd probably have one. San Jose Sharks with a 2.3 total heading into Toronto. The Leafs have a 4.2. This is a home and home. Leafs actually won in San Jose. With Marty Jones. The Sharks looked awful, though. Now Marty Jones is starting again in Toronto. Like, I, I don't even know what to say about this game, really. Like, the Leafs are a great play. They're chalky. They're going to score. Play them if you want. There's so many ways to get different on this slate. You can power play stack. You can go full Toronto 2. You can go full Toronto 1. Like, I, I think Toronto 2 is my preferred option. Can leave off with Kuzi, Adam Matthews, make like a really, really expensive power play stack there. I think that's fine. I don't know what the contract is. Like people are going to be like, oh, Nylander just got a contract. He's going to be, you know, ready to go. Like, I don't know what that means really. Like, but it's Toronto two for me. You want to add in Matthews. You want to go Toronto one. That's fine. On the shark side, not a ton of interest. Like, if I was making 150, I'd probably have a tiny bit of hurdle. Eklund, Bear, Banoff. Oh, uh, Hoffman top line now. Whatever yeah, it is. No. Whatever the hurdle line is, like, it, it's, you know, putting lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. You know what I mean? So, like, whatever the hurdle line is, as long as Eklund's there, I don't care who the third line or the third winger is. Um, 
I, I'll get a little bit of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what you, you're talking about the ownership for Toronto, like 20% uh, on the Nylander line uh, on DraftKings, about 10% on the top line. So definitely better leverage on Matthews, Marner, uh, nice. And, you know, I know we do like to slam uh, Mitch Marner on the show <laughs> quite often, actually. Um, the top line has been generating a lot um, since they got put back together, you know, since early December. Uh, 3.9 expected goals, 81 shot attempts per 60 minutes, five on five for the top line for Toronto. That's really, really good. The thing is, is like they're probably going to see a fair bit, a lot of that hurdle line actually. Now, Hoffman being there actually kind of changes the equation because like he's just atrocious defensively. But Hurdle and Eklund have actually not been bad together this year. Um, 2.8 expected goals for uh, 2.6 against per 60 minutes of five on five. Goals against aren't bad. They've had trouble generating actual goals as, you know, basically everybody on San Jose has, except for like that three weeks where Michael Granlin went on a crazy bender. Um, but it's not a bad defensive line. San Jose, like their penalty kills, not that bad. It's a pretty much in line with Toronto's um, over the last four or five weeks. Um, they're below average by time shorthanded per game. Like it, it, it rem- this is like the next level of the Minnesota Dallas game last night. Like, you know, last night we were talking about how, you know, Dallas doesn't take a lot of penalties. They have a decent penalty kill. Minnesota's coming in with a lot of ownership, et cetera, et cetera. This is kind of the same thing, just obviously more extreme where, you know, there's more ownership. Uh, there's a lot of ownership on Toronto. It's a much better spot, but it's not necessarily a great power play spot. Like, I don't think you have to run out and slam a bunch of Leafs here tonight um, just because the Sharks are in town. Like, as bad as the Sharks are, there aren't a lot of games where they get, like, completely torched, right? Like, they've lost, a, you know, 11 in a row or whatever it was. But over half of those games have been – they've they've allowed four goals or fewer like there's definitely there's a seven goal game a couple a couple five goal games six goal but i think it's like six out of those 11 losses they've allowed four goals or fewer they just can't score that's why they're so bad so like i don't think it's necessary to run out and slam a bunch of toronto but i do like how much offense that top line has been generating at half the ownership for only 1400 dollars more i think it makes more sense to play matthews martyr nice yeah that entire top six certainly in play San Jose side is a little bit interesting because that second line has not been bad offensively for them. Two and a half expected goals for is about, is about league average. Um, 3.2 actual goals for, uh, you know, a couple guys on the power play, like, or I think all three guys on the power play now uh, I have to go check. I, no, no Hoffman got moved out. So it's just two of them, but still like, you know, you're not targeting for the power play know. anyway. Yeah, but but I I kind of like that second line matchup against Nylander, Tavares, and Bertuzzi. Like as good as that line is offensively, they're below average defensively by expected goals against. So I think San Jose two is kind of fine as a filler, but it's Toronto one I like best, I like by quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, I always prefer the Matthews line anyway. That's just what I do. But yeah. Um... So, I just, it's the Leafs, man. Anyway, Vancouver Canucks with a 3.1 total heading into New York, Long Island, whatever, but just miserable experience. Miserable weather today, too. That sucks. You know, the Islanders have a 3.3 total. Here we go again. No one wants to play Vancouver. No one. Nada. 
under 1% projected. I know it's back-to-back on the road, but, like, this is a good power play spot. It's a decent five-on-five spot. I have no issue going back to Van 1 here. Am I going to get to them in one in my single entry? They're on my list. I will consider them. This line is excellent. And they torched the Rangers last night. It's not like it's a long trip from Madison Square Garden to Long Island. I mean, if you take the LIE and you're driving, it might take four hours, but whatever. I side is a bit interesting, too, because this is another – like, I, I know since Zadorov came back, Zadorov, however you pronounce it, their penalty kill has gotten a bit better, but Demko on last night, so it's going to be their backup goalie. Um, don't mind Islanders here, especially – uh, Nelson Palmieri, I like them here tonight as a filler, 13-3. They're coming in with some negative leverage. I see people talking about, about my internet. It is going in and out. We're going to try to fix that in a second, so I'll kick it to Cliffy. Uh, yeah, okay. I I do like Vancouver in a nutshell here because I actually think uh, of the last three games, this is the best matchup. Uh, for Vancouver, even with all the injuries the Devils had, like the Devils, um, typically a pretty good penalty kill. Uh, the Rangers, not a bad penalty kill. At least one really good five on five line plus Igor. Like the Islanders have been really bad defensively basically all season. This is the one thing that that well, there's a few things that kind of that are different for Vancouver for me here tonight. One, not only is it back to back on the road, this is their fifth game in eight days. Um, they've been playing a lot of hockey and I think, um, it's also three and four, uh, on the road for Vancouver's. They've been playing a lot of hockey, uh, recently, even if it's all in the same area, it's still a lot of hockey for a road trip. The other thing is Adam Pellick is back tonight, uh, for the Islanders and Adam Pellick has been arguably the best defensive defenseman that that team has over the last couple seasons. Um, Pellick. Pellick's expected goals against impacts have been really, really good over the last couple of years. He's been injured for much of the, for over half the season. Like I think he's only played 16 games, uh, but get, getting him back is a pretty big boost to the defense uh, for the Islanders. And, you know, the Vancouver power play, like Van, I think all six Vancouver, go- Vancouver goals last night were at even strength. Um, this, you know, the Islanders don't take a lot of power plays. Vancouver's not drawing a lot of power play opportunities. The power, as we mentioned yesterday, the power play's kind of been uh, worse. Like, yeah, you're you're again relying on this team uh, creating, you know, that line, cre- sorry, creating three, hope maybe even four goals uh, against the U.S. Sorokin when it's not necessarily, uh, when their power play's kind of taking a dive and the Islanders are getting back a really good defensive defenseman. I think the night to play the Islander or the Vancouver Canucks was last night. Like, I don't have a problem playing with, playing Vancouver again. Like that is a really good line. They have been whenever they've been together over like the last five years, there's very low ownership coming in on them. As you mentioned, 0.9%. So about 1% compared to a 10% top two stack. So all those reasons, I have no problem playing them. And again, the Islanders have been pretty bad defensively for most of the season. I just think once you get to back to back on the road, three and four on the road, five and eight, um, getting Adam Pellick back, like eventually they have to, they do have to kind of run out of steam. Um, so I think uh, I'm, I'm not as high on Vancouver tonight as I was last night. Uh, for me, I'm more on the Islander side. I am more on the top line for the Islanders. 
the simple reason is um, you get two out of the three on the top power play unit, but they're the two guys that kind of matter the most. Like I think Brock Nelson and Bo Horvat's kind of a wash. Matthew Barzal is kind of the guy that, that makes everything go. And that Islanders top line has just been otherworldly over the last month. 3.8 expected goals per 60 at 5 and 5, 5.1 actual goals. Like that's just absolutely crazy stuff. So um, they're playing extremely well. Um, they're getting, you know, Pellick back both at 5 on 5 and on the PK. Um, I, I like Islanders one the best in this game. 3.4% uh, ownership, 5% top two stack coming with some positive leverage. I don't know if I would run out to slam them because, um, as you talked about, Zadorov has made a difference on the penalty kill for Vancouver, and it's helped them a lot since they acquired him. But of all the lines in this game, considering price and ownership and all that, I think it's the Islanders' top line I like here. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I I like the Islanders' top line as well. I just kind of going off of what I'm trying to do tonight and I haven't built yet. Like Islanders two might fit my build a bit better as I'm like lagging pretty good, but it's starting to get pretty windy out here. But as I mentioned off the top, thank you guys so much for the support over the past month and a half. And you can use you can if you're looking to go premium, you can sign up using the affiliate link I just dropped in the chat. And what do you get when you get that? You get the best NHL data and tools in the industry. You get players and ownership projections, top stacks, tools, line combinations, and access to our premium Discord where we talk all sorts of shenanigans 24 hours a day. Bi-monthly Frostback is up late lamenting his goalie picks. And, you know, you can talk to him about whatever you want. He's, you know, stochastic that for dark moderator. <clears throat> I'm old now and I can make it to like 10 p.m. But he, I, I like wake up the next day and I see them talking to like 2, 3 a.m. <clears throat> Excuse my voice. But yeah, uh, affiliate link is in the chat below. Thank you guys so much for the support. It means a lot. It supports us directly. Helps us bring you these free shows more often. Crossback is on a tear, man. He actually got a goalie pick last night. He was on Nedeljkovic. Nedeljkovic was the highest scoring goalie last night. Broken clock. Right twice a day. Congrats. Anaheim Ducks. His Anaheim Ducks, by the way, is a Ducks fan. What a what a transition. This is why we get paid the big bucks. Anaheim Ducks with a 2.5 total heading into Nashville. The Predators have a 3.6. Now, Jamie Drysdale off to Philly. I don't know how much that really hurts them defensively. He's more of a... I mean, he's a good he's a good defenseman. Don't get me wrong. I think he's more offense than defense. Could be wrong. Um, anyway, it's the Ducks, and I really like the Nashville top line here. They're coming in with a bit of a negative leverage, but they're only seventeen thousand nine hundred for for whatever reason. Like eight hundred and twelve year old Gustav Nyquist has been has looked really really good on that line. Unlike old Blake Wheeler on Rangers, one Nyquist is actually scoring. Phil Forsberg. I don't know what you like. He's expensive, but like you don't want to leave him off the stack. The one issue I would have is their minutes recently. Like you, you would want if you're paying seventy eight hundred or whatever it is for Forsberg, you want him playing 18, 19, 20 minutes. I, I think in the last five games he hasn't topped seventeen once, and he played fourteen a couple times. Now that is a bit of a concern. They're pretty efficient though. 
bless you. And um, they're definitely in my mix for one to three. It's a, it's a very good power play spot. They're fully correlated. The depth of Nashville doesn't really interest me too much, especially with that Nashville second line, whatever you want to call them, Sissons, Parson, and Gurionov. They're 8,700 to full stack, and they're coming in like 700,000% higher owned than their top two stack percentage. It's just wild negative leverage that I'm not interested. So Nashville won for me. On the duck side, I wonder, like, I'm not 100% sure if they're going to send the O'Reilly out against McTavish or Henrique. I would assume Henrique. Yeah, I would assume it's the Zegers-Terry line. Yeah, so, like, I have a little bit interest in McTavish, Kalorn, Vetrano, but, like, I just, I don't know, man. I, I don't feel great about the Ducks tonight. Yeah, I, I wrote up Forsberg uh, in the picks article today because this is such this is probably the best power play spot um, on the board here tonight. Um, what I mentioned in, in the article is all of the, the penalties that Anaheim's taking. Anaheim's at 5.2 penalties per game, excluding major penalties over the last two months, and no other team is above 4.2, so they're giving up a full power play more than the next closest team uh, per game. So... Um, that's, that's kind of what makes it such a good power play spot for Nashville. Um, you know, Forsberg's ice time has gone down. That's the other note I made. He's been closer to like 17 and a half minutes over his last 10 games. Um, he was around 19 minutes a game, uh, earlier in the season. So there has been a drop. Um, I still think it's, it's just such a good spot for the power play, right? Like that's just kind of the problem here is, the Nashville could see the most power plays of any line or any team on the entire slate here tonight. Uh, the Anaheim penalty kill, certainly nothing uh, to write home about. Uh, the top line for Nashville, their last 10 games, 3.9 goals per 60 minutes, 5 on 5. You mentioned Gustav Nyquist. Um, I was looking at some of his like, like playmaking data and stuff like that, like scoring chance assists this season. Well above average uh, scoring chance contributions this season. Well above average. Now he's done that playing on the top line with two pretty good players, but uh, he's looked really good there. Uh, I I do like Nashville one as well. Not coming in with as much ownership as I thought. Like twelve point six percent is negative leverage, and it is a little bit high. It's nothing that super concerns me. Um, Terry and Zegers have actually been better defensively this year than they've been at any point in their history together. Uh, 170 over 170 minutes together, 2.1 expected goals against uh, per 60 minutes. Like that's really good defense. Um, that's the one thing that concerns me is that it's not really, it might not really be a great five on five matchup. Like you're right about Drysdale. I think at this point, his upside is more offensive than defensive. And Anaheim still has some pretty good defensemen. You know, you don't like to brag about the bottom pair, but that good is back in nine and bottom pair might be one of the best third pairs in the entire league, especially on the defensive side. So, you know, it's another one of those spots where I think there are reasons not to play Nashville when you're looking at their ownership. But I really do like Nashville one. I'll also shout out the Novak Evangelista Cole Smith line because, um, you know, I'm a Novak slappy, big time Novak slappy. Uh, him and uh, Cole Smith have been really good together this season in a small sample, 74 shot attempts per 60 minutes in about 45 minutes together. It's not a lot, but they're going to be going out against the second and third lines from Anaheim. And those second and third lines are bad defensively. And I think like there's definitely, if you're, you know, paying up for the Edmontons and the Tampa Bays and the Toronto's and the Vancouver's and all that, I think 
at least considering Novak Evangelista, Novak Smith, something like that uh, makes sense in what is a really, really good five-on-five matchup for them. Uh, on the Anaheim side, I'm always interested when, when Zegers uh, and Terry play together. Uh, you know, the Nashville top line, their defensive numbers have been on a slide basically for like six weeks now. I just looked at their last 10 games, but 2.9 expected goals against for 60 minutes. You know, Kel Sapriz, uh, UC Saros is kind of bailing them out. But, you know, those aren't great um, defensive numbers. And Terry and Zegers, they've come alive lately. Like, they were victims of bad shooting percentages earlier in the season. Since Zegers returned from injury, they've looked a lot better. I was looking at some of Terry's playmaking data. He's had a massive rebound from what was a down year last year. I suspect those guys are going to be a lot better in the second half, especially with the way uh, Pebo Mentukov has been moving the puck on the blue line. It gives them a really good puck mover uh, to play with. I think losing Drysdale kind of hurts, but if you're looking for a moderately priced line, like 14700 for Zegers, Henrik, and Terry, 1.4% uh, ownership, I kind of dig that. So I think I kind of like that Anaheim top line, but yeah, I do like Nashville one the best. And I'll shut out that Novak line as kind of like a cheap two-man filler uh, for, you know, your expensive stacks. Yeah, I mean, there is need for some cheap fillers here tonight. Not those cheap fillers, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm a mess, man. Florida Panthers with a 3.4 total. Oh, Blasting some super chats. I should get to them. Back to back $10 from Terrell McKay. Let's run it back. Let's run it back. You're so happy. You're running it back twice. Got 14th in the 8K4 check last night with Van One and Murray. Thank y'all. I don't make your lineup, man. I know Cliffy doesn't. Cliffy doesn't even respond to me after lock about. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 yeah. He'll get back to me at like 6 a.m. I was watching a movie, <laughs> playing some video games. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, uh, we don't make your lineup. So uh, congrats to you for building that. And yeah, let's run it back tonight. Yeah, I agree. Uh, congrats. Uh, like, you know, we recommend Vancouver. Uh, it's not everybody that plays them. And, you know, um, you, ha you have to click those buttons and put the put your money up. So uh, congrats to you uh, on the good night. And thanks a lot for the super chats. We certainly appreciate it. Yeah, we do. Florida Panthers, a 3.4 total. Heading into St. Louis, the Blues have a 2.7 total. I was a bit surprised that Florida, too, doesn't have more ownership here tonight. They're around – they're actually cheaper than Nashville 1. And Matty Kachuk is alive. He is starting to score goals again. And they're going to avoid – the Thomas Buchnevich Cairo line. And once you get past that line, they're going to see Shen, Neighbors, and Saad, or Hayes, Kapanen, and Vrana. Vrana's back, by the way, which is nice. Hopefully he he uh, he sticks, but whoo, mama. Florida 2, positive leverage. In. You want to go to Florida 1, that's fine. Like, this is another one of those scenarios where, like, oh, yeah, we – I want to go to Florida one for lower ownership, but like, it's not that extreme lower and it's Thomas Buchnevich and Cairo, a pretty good defensive line. Shen neighbors sod, J just not. And like, so here I'm going to Florida too. Um, I don't think you need a power play stack. Blues just don't take penalties lowest in the NHL. So Florida two for me on the blue side, Cairo Thomas Buchnevich running into the Barkov buzzsaw is just a, Buzz kill, to be honest with you. I love that line. 
But I do not want to be stacking against the Barkov line. That line is just an absolute brick wall. They're great. I'm out on the Blues tonight. Four to two for me. So I'm not that high on St. Louis here. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think I'll be playing the St. Louis top line tonight. In fact, I can almost guarantee that I'm not playing them. What I will say is two things. One, they've been pretty good since uh, they fired Craig Berube uh, in the 10 games without Berube behind the bench. 3.9 goals per 60 minutes of five on five. Um, their last five games, they've all been between like 20 and a half and 22 and a half minutes per game. Like they're getting heavy ice time. Um, under the new coach, the power play is over 72 shots per 60 minutes of five on five. Like that's a lot of shot generation. Problem is, is they're shooting 4%. You got to figure that 4% is going to regress pretty heavily in the second half of the season. Florida takes a lot of penalties. That's the one thing that's kind of interesting me here is that this is a St. Louis top line at home against one of the most penalized teams in the league over the last couple months that has a power play that's set to regress pretty heavily. And the thing with regression is that it can often happen in like one or two games, right? It doesn't happen over like a 30 game span um, all the time, uh, especially when you're talking about small samples like power plays. So I think there are a lot of reasons to kind of like this St. Louis top line. Like that top line is under 17 grand. They've been really good offensively at five on five. They've been generating, they're all perfectly correlated on the power play. They're at home uh, and they're probably all going to play over 20 minutes. Like there aren't a lot of situations where you're going to get that. So I think there's a lot of reason to play St. Louis one. The reason I don't really want to play them is that the Florida penalty kill has generally been very good. Um, they're going into that Reinhardt Barkov line, which has generally been excellent defensively. Like it is a tough matchup. I just think that there are a lot of pros to this trio, to that St. Louis top line uh, here tonight. Uh, if I was 20 maxing, 150 maxing, I would certainly be considering St. Louis one fairly heavily here tonight. Um, you know, 5% ownership. You don't need a lot to get over the field. So I'll just, just keep that in mind. I honestly think St. Louis three is my favorite line. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a Jacob Verona slappy as well. Like, you know, sue me. Um, you know, Verona, the St. Louis coaching staffs just haven't liked him. I thought he was a bad fit for St. Louis in the first place. Like, I don't think he, that's a good spot for him uh, because if you're not good defensively, they're not going to play you. And Jacob Verona has just never been good defensively. Like that's just kind of the way it works. But he's going to see a lot of that third line from Florida. And, like, the, the third line from Florida has has been their one weak spot defensively. Um, so this is another spot where, like, if you're paying up for super expensive Edmonton, um, you know, Vancouver, et cetera, et cetera, like a two-man of, like, Vrana Hayes or Vrana Kapanen or something like that, I think makes a lot of sense with how cheap they are. Um, but it is Florida, too, I do like best in this game. You're right. They have been on an absolute tear. Uh, their last 100 and mi- hundred minutes and change uh, at 5-on-5, five 3.7 five, expected goals, 5.9 actual goals per 60 minutes at 5-on-5. Five five. Carter Verhage has nine goals in his last 10 games. <laughs> like this guy, <laughs> like you're, you you talked about it, I think it was on yesterday's show, like once he starts getting prime minutes on the power play, which he has been um, over the last few games, he's going to take off and he's been taken off. Uh, that St. Louis second line is atrocious defensively. Um, they're getting badly outplayed. 
the only reason that they haven't been allowing a lot of goals is the goaltending behind St. Louis has generally been very good or, or good enough. Um, so it is Florida two that I like best in this game by quite a bit. I just think there is merit to getting to some St. Louis one, uh, and even St. Louis three, if you need like a cheap duo stack two man stack, uh, to play with your expensive guys. Yeah. Concur. Columbus blue jackets with a 2.5 total heading into Winnipeg. The flowchart boys have a 3.6 total. <sighs> Classic flowchart spot here. Like, this is such a good matchup that the flow chart is just like, just please don't. Just please, please don't. But like the caveat to the flow chart in a fade scenario is high ownership. And there isn't any. There is low ownership here on Winnipeg 1 here. They're coming in with 3.6% projected. They're still under 20,000. They're back together. Ehlers is looking so much better. Can't wait for Connor to come back so Bonus can send him to Uganda. Like the second Connor comes back, Ehlers is going to be on like the fourth line playing 12 minutes a night again. But it is what it is. We will ride the Ehlers wave when we can get it. I'm in on Shifley, Ehlers, Velarde. You want to go to that second line as a filler. I don't mind it because if this game does get out of hand, like they'll probably play 15, 16 minutes. Decent filler for MME if you want to get a bit different, you know, with these like twelve to thirteen thousand dollar lines. It's like, what do you do with the Columbus side? Is kind of an interesting question, and I don't. I wish it wasn't because I just don't want to play them. But like, Winnipeg's penalty kills pretty poopers. The caveat is Hellebuck might be the best goalie in the league right now, and Columbus's power play units are an absolute mess. But like Fantilli, Gaudreau, Dan for twelve thousand two hundred as a top line, three point two percent. Even the uh, the comrade line, twelve five. It's not really the comrade line anymore. It's Cole Cylinder there, but who's coming off a hat trick? Um, like they're coming in under one percent projected. I don't mind them as a filler. A little bit more expensive than the top line. Even Ken Johnson and Emil Benstrom have played well together. So like, I think you can take pieces from Columbus here in MME. I don't think I would like bank my night on it, but like, I don't think you should ignore them. Yeah. I think the minutes thing is a pretty good point. Like we see it a lot, like not necessarily uh, against this specific Columbus team because they've actually been scoring goals and have been in some close games that have forced some high, high ice time levels from the opponents, but like, you know, Toronto against San Jose on the weekend, like you saw low, low ice time levels. You'll, I think Connor McDavid played like 17 minutes uh, against, um, was it Chicago was one of their most recent games? Um, no, sorry. Chicago was tonight. They played, um, it was Anaheim uh, about a week ago, you know, played like 17 minutes in Anaheim or something like that. Like you'll, you'll see that against bad teams, but typically that happens when they're beating the brains out of them. Um, you know, I did write up Ehlers in the picks in the picks article. I think the big note about Ehlers is that his shot quality has just gotten a lot better. Like, obviously, moving to a line with Shifley and getting on the top power play unit that's very important. But over his last 15 games, his uh expected goals per 60 minutes, which is kind of like a proxy for shot quality, has jumped 50 percent, five zero percent. 
that's a massive, massive improvement because this is a guy that typically generates good shot quality. It's just he had a really bad, you know, first 20, 25 games of the season. Uh, that has been a lot better. So I really do like Winnipeg one. I wonder about this, about the ownership, like three to 4% against this Columbus team in a 3.6 total. Like, I, I guess it makes sense because they're a lot more expensive, you know, than Nashville, um, who uh, is kind of not necessarily in a similar spot, but they're a lot more expensive than Nashville. They're a lot more expensive than the Islanders. I, I think they're a little bit more expensive uh, than Buffalo. So, like, I guess it kind of makes sense. Maybe they come in at, like, 5% or 6% or something like that. But, I, like, that top line, they've just been absolutely outstanding um, since they got uh, assembled. Uh, you know, Ehlers has has seen a big jump, but that entire line, 4.0 expected goals, 5.6 actual goals per 60 minutes of 5-on-5. That's just stupid. And there's no matchup on the Columbus side that I'm worried about. And with Boone Jenner still out, like, they're still missing their big penalty killers. Like, this Columbus penalty kill, which was actually not bad for the first two months of the season, has been pretty bad over the last month because missing Jenner and missing Corrali. So... Like Winnipeg one is is one of my favorite lines on the entire slate here tonight. Winnipeg two, I think, is certainly in play. They've been playing extremely well. Two point nine expected goals, three actual goals per sixty minutes of five on five. Cole Perfidi, two point seven shots per game over his last ten games. He's shooting the puck more. That's nice to see. Um, I think Winnipeg two is certainly in play, but it is Winnipeg one that I like best in this game by like a wide wide margin. Um, on the Columbus side, it would be the Cylinder line that I would target. Um, I'm not necessarily super high on them because while the Winnipeg penalty kill is bad, they don't take a lot of penalties. They're under three times shorthanded per game. That's amongst the lowest in the league. Plus you're facing Connor Hellebuck. So like, I, I don't have a problem playing Sillinger, Chinnikov, Marchenko, especially where Marchenko is like, he's taken another step this year. He's looked, he's looked very good. He's added uh, some playmaking to it, to his great shooting profile. So I don't mind them. But it is Winnipeg one that I'm looking at in this game. And like there's not a close second place for me. Yeah, I agree. Edmonton Oilers with a 4.3 total heading into Chicago. The Blackhawks have a 2.3 total. The Blackhawks without Bedard, like this might be the worst roster I've ever seen. I'd rather commit Sepuku than watch the Hawks nightly without Bedard. What to do with Edmonton here is a – it seems like a fairly easy thing to do. I'm not totally convinced here because 23400 for McDavid, Hyman, Nugent, Hopkins. They're coming in with a ton of positive leverage, 13.5% projected ownership. The issue I'm running into here is this game might be over in the first period. Now, the, like – Edmonton power play could score four power play goals in the first period, and I wouldn't be shocked. But this could be a night where you see McDavid, Hyman, Nugent, Hopkins play like 17 minutes. Could they still get there? Yeah. So, like, I think Edmonton won. Like, it's, it's not going to be a shock. It's my favorite line of the night. Like, there, you shouldn't be surprised. I'm just trying to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. Can they get 17, 18 minutes? If they play 17, 18 minutes, it's because they got there. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know how this is going to be a close game. So, like, I don't mind going to dry saddle Fogel here. Just because, like, if this game does get out of hand, Fogel is 
really, really good five on five. I don't know, man. Like, I love Winnipeg one here. I, I think I'm trying to talk myself out of it, and I just don't think I'm succeeding. I'm out on the Blackhawks, by the way. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have interest in Chicago. Once we get to maybe a smaller slate, maybe seven, eight games or something like that, um, we'll see about the Blackhawks. I like, I think one-offing some players from Chicago is always in play because, like, as bad as they are, they're still going to score goals. Like, just look at San Jose. Like, San Jose is – when you factor in that this is a higher-scoring era, like the last few years have been higher-scoring than, like, you know, seven, eight years ago – this might San Jose might be the worst offensive team that we've seen in the league in 15 years. So like, <laughs> and even now. then, and even then, like Michael Granlund had that crazy stretch. Thomas Hurdles had good games. William Eklund has had good games. Like that, those things happen. Um, if you want a one-off, you know, Rem Pitlick is in the lineup here tonight at 2,500. I think that's fine. Um, yeah, yeah. So like, I, I think there are guys you can one-off, but I, I have no interest in Chicago. I put Edmonton in the picks article because they are the top line on the slate. Like, let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> like they, they are the top line on the slate. Um, you know, uh, they're, they just keep creating like their offensive numbers really aren't going down at five on five, their last 10 games, four and a half expected goals per 60 minutes, 4.8 actual goals per 60 minutes. Like they're just still torching people to play the devil's advocate side. If there's a reason, there are two reasons why you might not play Edmonton here tonight. One I don't think it's necessary that it's a huge blowout for them to not get a lot of ice time. I think what might happen is that they don't get a lot of ice time out of the gate. And if they're somehow losing in the second period, or if it's like a one, one game at the end of the second, then they start getting a lot more ice time. Like, I don't think the plan is to play them 24 minutes, you know, out of the gate and then back it off from there. I think the plan is to play them 17, 18 minutes. And if they have to up the minutes as the game wears on for one reason or another, then that happens. The second part is that Chicago actually has a decent checking line. Actually, I would go so, go, go so far to say they have a good checking line. That Anderson uh, Dickinson second line, 46 shot attempts, 2.3 expected goals against per 60 minutes at five on five this season. They're up over 140 minutes together. That's not really a small sample. You're looking at like 14, 15 games worth of ice time, 2.1 goals against per 60 at five on five. Like they have been pretty good. Now, Connor McDavid is matchup proof. That's what makes him Connor McDavid. I'm just saying, if you're looking for reasons to not play what is going to be a very popular Connor McDavid and a pretty popular Edmonton top line here tonight. That's probably the biggest reason is that of all the players Chicago has left on the roster, they actually have enough and they have the right players to put together a pretty good checking line. That's it. Um, other than that, I'm with you. I really, I love Edmonton one. I wrote up Leon Dreisaitl on the picks article uh, specifically because they're going to avoid that, that shutdown matchup at five on five. And then the rest of the lineup, there is nothing to worry about defensively. And Jai Seidel and Fogel have been really, really good together this season. In fact, pretty much as good as the top line at 5-on-5. Five five. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. They're at 4.2 expected goals, 4.9 actual goals per 60 minutes at 5-on-5. Five five. Those are roughly in line with the top line at 5-on-5. Five five. It's just that the entire top line plays the power play together. That's what differentiates them. 
Um, so I don't mind Edmonton too here. Uh, like I agree with you. I would even go so far as just to like say play like you can play a two man of like Fogel and McLeod. But yeah, Edmonton one is is the best line on the slate. They're not coming in with a ton of ownership. I think there are enough cheap spots here that you can fit them in fairly easily. So yeah, I do like Edmonton one. Yeah, like Edmonton won anyone who really plays on the power play with McDavid because last year we saw Ryan Eugene Hopkins have that ridiculous power play season. Like he had 115 points and like 70% of them were on the power play. Zach Hyman's on pace for almost 60 goals this season. Zach Hyman. And probably not going to end up at the All-Star game. No. (sighs) That's because every team has to be represented, which is a stupid rule. Anyway, Boston Bruins with a 3.2 total heading into Arizona. Coyotes have a 2.7. Boston back to back on the road. Good power play matchup. I think power play stacking is in play here. Um, like, I'm fine with like doing something weird with Boston, going like Pasternak, Marchand, um, McAvoy. I'm fine doing that. I don't necessarily want to stack Boston one. I think you can. They're they're coming with positive leverage. They're 18-8. Again, like Pavel Zaka giving me strong Yori Laterra vibes recently. Uh, so I'm kind of in on Pasternak. I think the line I would full stack would be Boston two, but this is such a good power play sta- uh, power play spot that. I want to focus on the power play, guys. Arizona is an interesting one here because, like, if you want to do the top line, I think that's fine. Kerfoot, Schmaltz, Keller. I, I don't love Cooley on the second line. It's the third line that I'm kind of interested in here. They're only 10,200. They're coming in under 1% projected. It's negative leverage, but, like, under 1%. Like, I don't care. Michelli, Genther, McBain. I don't think you need a full stack there. I think you can take Michelli and Genther probably pronouncing his name wrong, but uh, he is a highly touted prospect as well. Michelli, we're both Michelli slappies here. So I, I don't mind Arizona three as a filler here tonight. Yeah, I, I'm i interested to see what Arizona does because I think in their last home game, they used Krause and Bukestad in that shutdown role. And I was actually looking at their numbers without Matias Michelli on their line. And I don't think it would surprise anybody, but they're really bad without Matias Michelli on their line. Like he is the guy on that line and taking him off has actually juiced the Bukestad and Kraus defensive numbers to 3.8 expected goals against per 60 minutes of five on five. And that's the matchup David Pasternak's going into. I have to assume with Cooley there and with, you know, Arizona get getting their brains beat in, in, in their last game that they use the Clayton Keller line in the shutdown matchup. Um, they've been a lot better defensively uh, with Alex Kerfoot there. By the way, mercifully, I saw Barrett Hayden is back skating uh, today. Like he can't get back soon enough. This team has one good center and he's injured. And that's just a month. Yeah. He had a setback. They said, (sighs) listen, man, I I just need every bit of, of, of possible good news because I can't keep watching this team absolutely suck because they don't, because they have one good center and he's hurt. Um, so I, I I honestly don't mind Arizona one here. They're due for some positive regression, but I think I agree with you. It's Michelli, Genther, and McBain that I that I like. Like they're gonna see that 
that Boston third line, which has been below average defensively basically all season with Poitras there. Like that's one of the reasons why he was allowed to go to the world juniors is because his play had been sliding, especially on the defensive end. Um, Michelli has been shooting more uh, this season than he was last season. I wrote up Dylan Genther uh, in the picks article. He's on the top power play unit. He actually took Michelli's spot, which, you know, that sucks, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, Genther 28 points in 29 games in the AHL this season. I also looked, he's 28% higher points per game than his next closest teammate in the AHL. So it's Dylan Genther and, and, and the Roadrunners. Like, it sounds like, you know, Dylan and the Roadrunners kind of, kind of sounds like a band you would have seen in the early 90s in some dingy uh, basement, um, probably with an illegal liquor license. Uh, but he's literally the only good offensive player that they had down there. And he was still, he was doing very, very well. Um, he, and he honestly, he led. Arizona last year, like the NHL team, in shot attempts per minute. Um, this is a guy that loves to shoot. He scored in his first game up. Um, putting him with Matias Michelli is actually pretty smart. I just kind of wish that they had. I don't. I think Jack McBain's actually like a fine bottom six center. I just don't think he's necessarily good enough to play with Michelli and get there. But you know, you take what you can get. I just think it's a nice two man stack, um, one way or the other. And you know, against a Boston third line that's not good defensively. Boston back-to-back uh, on the road. Boston does take a ton of penalties. Arizona's good at drawing power plays, so you do get Genther on that top power play unit. It's Arizona three I like best on their side. I like Boston one as well. Like, I, it sucks that Geeky's there. Like, I, man, I wish they would change up those lines. Um, I, I, I think they're just waiting until uh, everybody's healthy, but... Um, I'm not worried about any of the matchups on the Arizona side. The Arizona penalty kill has also not been very good. They've been relying on their goaltender. Now Connor Ingram's been good. I think David Pasternak just makes it perfectly fine one off as well. So it's Boston one that I do like here, but I think Arizona three is kind of like a sneaky cheap ish stack to put with the expensive lines elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mind McBain. It would be better with someone else. <laughs> that. Let's get to the, Late hammer of the night. It's really 9 p.m. Eastern, which is nice. Ottawa Senators with a 3.1 total. Heading into Calgary, the Flames have a 3.4. Oh, God, the Sun's giving me heartburn. Uh, they took Timmy Stutzla off the top power play. They left Josh Norris up there. They put Matias Joseph on the top line. Uh, they put I – don't, I, like, I don't know what they're doing. Like Tarasenko with Greed and Kubalik. I actually don't mind that. But like, what are you doing to Brady Kachuk? Like you just you're trying to pull like a Calgary with Matty Kachuk, like running him out of town. I don't mind Stutzla, Batherson, Drew, but like here's the problem. Calgary's a good defensive team. Markstrom has his head out of whatever cavity he was in before. He's playing better. Um, they have a very good penalty kill. I don't love Ottawa here tonight. I just, if anything, it would be the Stutzla, Batherson, Drew line. My interest is on the Calgary side, and it's this Kadri, Zari, Pospisil line. Play these kids a little bit more. This is a good power play spot, but, like, you get Kadri and Zari on the top power play unit. Pospisil, whether or not he's a shot bot right now, who cares? It's DFS. He wants shots. So, like, I, I don't mind Calgary 2 here. For the same reason that it's a good power play matchup, I think you can go to Calgary 1 as well. But I'm on the Calgary side here. I'm wondering. So DJ Smith was fired about three weeks ago. 
and Jacques Martin was hired as the coach. What's the fastest that a coach has been hired mid-season and then been fired? Because I'm kind of rooting. I'm not rooting for Jacques Martin to lose his job. What in the name of holy hell is going on that Josh Norris gets power play precedent over Tim Stutzla? Josh Norris, if Shane Pinto is healthy, I think there's an argument to be made that Josh Norris is their fourth best center. I'll tell you what What? the precedent is. That they're Dorian signed him to a seven-year, $8 million extension. And they're trying to make it work. It's not like Tim Stutz is cheap. Like that's kind of that's that's kind, that's kind of that's what I, that, that's kind of my point here. Is like yeah, I get like you have to make it work. Like Washington's doing the same thing with Evgeny Kuznetsov uh, to a degree. Tim Stutzla is signed for eight point three million for like seven more years. Like I get like it might be in a way they're not worried about Stutzla, so they can just stuff him on the second power play unit. But if your goal is to actually try to win hockey games. There is not a universe that exists where this decision makes sense. And it's just it's just frustrating to no end because it feels like you're penalizing a player because your GM made a stupid decision. Like, and that should that should never factor into what the coach decides to do. This feels like a decision that's kind of top down. Like this is something that's that has no real basis for any uh anything that a coach would normally do that this is the GM or this is the owner saying we have to try to make this work. I don't know, man. Like there, I have absolutely no interest in playing uh, Ottawa one here. Like I, you know, Josh Norris, Josh Norris, Brady Kachuk. Then the nine games since they got their coach, 2.2 expected goals for 4.4 expected goals against 33% of the expected goal share with Kachuk and Norris on the ice. This has to stop, man. This has to stop. Put Norris on the third line. Let him figure out against softer competition. Playing top competition every night is certainly not helping. Like, this guy's going number one on the slander list every time the Senators play. I I guess Stutzler, Giroux, Batherson would be the interesting thing on their side. But even Stutzler and Giroux aren't creating a lot. 2.3 expected goals since since Jacques Martin took over three and a half expected goals against like this team's actually gotten worse since they fired DJ Smith. And that's almost impressive in its own way. Um, it is Calgary that I like better. It's the Calgary side. I like by a mile. Um, uh, the Lindholm, Sharon Govich, Hubert O-line, I think is fine. I noticed with Calgary needing an empty net goal against Chicago on the weekend, Hubert o wasn't on the ice for the six on five. And I think that kind of, kind of signifies where there's a trade to make. Jonathan Huberto for Josh Norris straight up. <laughs> I would like to see something like that happen. It would free up the center position. You could you could run Stutzla Pinto Greed one one two three. It would give you another winger, an expensive one. I'll, I, I admit, make it happen. I guess Pierre's not there anymore. Probably you know there's reasons for that. Um, Lindholm, Sharon, Govich, Huberto, I think is fine to play. It you know I do like Kadri here tonight. Um, I wrote him up in the picks article. He's like it, since Connor's already got there, he's just really come alive offensively. Um, just in general, uh, he's uh, he's up at like three and a half shots per game over his last um, 31 games, um, 28 points in that span. Uh, he's just been really, really good. So I like Kadri, Zari, and Pospisil. Obviously, ice times are ice time is a concern. Ice time is always a concern when those guys play. I will say Coleman, Backlund, Mangiapane. Uh, 
that line has been really, really good since they got put together. In 120 minutes, they're at 3.8 expected goals for 2.3 against. Blake Coleman has 10 points in his last 10 games. And they're going to go out against that atrocious Norris Kachuk uh, matchup. I know um, none of them uh, are on the top power play unit. But the second unit does get a reasonable amount of ice time. I think the line I like best in this game is Coleman, Backlund, Mangiapane. But I also don't mind playing the Kadri Zari Pospisil line because they're they're still playing well. It's just a minutes concern. That's all. Yeah, the trade to make for Huberdeau and the Devils would never do it would be Huberdeau for Timo Meyer. But we're not GMs here. Huberdeau playing Jack Hughes would reignite his career. Like, he would fit in again. But anyway, coming up after us, the NBA Deeper Dive at 5 p.m., which is before a lock with Greg Ehrenberg and our infamous Iowa State caddy, Eric Lindquist. <laughs> so tune in for NBA Live for lock. Let's talk a little bit about defensemen and goalies here. Top of the board, Quinn Hughes, Noah Dobson, Rasmus Anderson, and Roman Yossi. Was a bit startled to see uh, Rasmus Anderson price at 7,100 this morning. Um the two of my favorite in the top uh, is Dobson, Yossi, and then Bouchard at 6,900. Who else do you like in up there? Yeah, Yossi, number one, uh, obviously. I wrote up uh, Morgan Riley just to kind of point out, like, he's not the same player he's typically been for his career. Uh, he's had a lot more shot blocking this season. Now shot blocking against San Jose doesn't really matter. But it is a really good spot for Riley, and he's projected for uh, low sing- for single-digit ownership in what is a smash spot. So I don't mind him for expensive. I also want to bring up Rasmus Dahlin. He did, he did this last year for about 40 games where he tries to do everything at both ends of the ice and whether it helps Buffalo or not, it's great for DFS. Like he's been pumping the shots. He's been pumping the blocks. It's not really a great spot for peripherals, but uh, if I'm playing a lot of lineups, I definitely consider Dahlin. I don't like the mid price range again here tonight. You know, with Brandon Carlo getting hurt for Boston, I think Charlie McAvoy's with probably going to get a lot more ice time. I think he's certainly fine. Darnell Nurse uh, in a really good matchup against Chicago, he's fine. Um, Jacob Chikrin might have to throw his body in front of a bunch of shots um, against Calgary here tonight, so he's fine. Tory Krug is projecting extremely well for his price, so he's all right. But, like, there's just a bunch of guys that are all right. So I think this is kind of a star scrubs um, defensive slate for me. Uh, Adam Pellick is back. He's only 3K, I think, for the Islanders. I uh, do like him. Um, you know, Alex Vlasic uh, for Chicago as well. Gustav Forsling, I think off the top of my head, he's been second in ice time amongst their defensemen since Christmas. And it's a good 5-1-5 spot uh, for Florida, so I don't mind Forsling. Matt Grizzlick, uh, he was over 20 minutes last night after Carlo got hurt. He had been getting more ice time of late just in general, so I don't mind Grizzlick. Pavel Mintyukov should probably get some more ice time as well with Jamie Drysdale gone, so I don't mind him. There's also a few cheap guys I like. Ian Cole from Vancouver, 2,600. Uh, Will Borgen, 2,800 uh, for Seattle. He might have to block some shots there uh, against Buffalo. Uh, Jordan Spence back in the lineup. I had Brant Clark in the article. I, I don't have the energy to get into that whole fight again. Um, Jordan Spence, 2,800 running the second power play for the Kings. Just two more real quick that I'll add in the 3K. If you don't want to spend 4700 for Mario Ferraro, I think Ty Emerson at 3K is fine. He's been getting over 20 minutes. And also Adam Bockwist. For for some reason, I like the Blue Jackets here tonight. I think I need to uh, go talk to my doctor if Perbix is right for me. But, like, I don't mind Bockwist at 
3K. Let's talk about goalies here. Marty Jones, baby, 8,500. <laughs> no. Stewie Skinner, 8,400, like more palpable? I don't know. Maybe not. Like, I think Hellebuck is the cash play if you're spending up. I think you can go to him in GPPs as well, UC Saris as well. Um, Jacob Markstrom, man, 8K, don't mind it. Uh, let's see. Let's go down the list. Sorokin with uh, Vancouver back-to-back on the road. I like it's Joey Decord, man. You gotta cons- you gotta consider the hot streak. Like I like goalies are some of the streakiest people in in the world. Joey Decord. Who else are we looking at here? Connor Ingram for cheap, seventy three hundred. You always got to consider the Connor. Joel Hofer, if you want to uh, fasten your seatbelt and go for a very fast ride, I think Joel Hofer's fine. Tarasov, he's actually been playing okay. Um, Columbus has been in games, so it's not like they get blown out. We'll knock on some wood there. Capo Kakin, 6,700. Once you get under 7K, you just need the volume, even if they give up like four. If they give up four goals and they get the, the saves bonus and get you 11 DK points, I would sign on the dotted line. So I think you can sit, consider those guys under 7K. Yeah, the guy I wrote up was Vasilevsky. Just because the Kings have had a real tough time scoring five on five, over, you know, that's why they broke up their lines. Their five on five scoring basically since American Thanksgiving has not been very good. They, but they have been generating a ton of shots, like leading the league in shots per minute at five on five over the last month. They're just not scoring. So, you know, they switched their lines back. We'll see how that goes. But Vasilevsky could see uh, a lot of volume without a lot of scoring. So I do like him here tonight. Joel Hofer certainly was a guy that stood out. You know, St. Louis doesn't take a lot of penalties. It could be a lot of five on five shots uh, that he'll face from Florida. So I don't mind. Hofer, uh, him and Connor Ingram and Daniil Tarasov are kind of like the three cheap goalies that I like here tonight. Um, Columbus's penalty kill is a concern, but like when you're playing a super cheap goalie, he's super cheap for a reason. And, and like there are going to be problems with his team. So um, those, yeah, Ingram, Tarasov uh, and Hofer are the three cheap cheap goalies I like here tonight. Um, yeah, Markstrom at AK, I think is fine. Uh, perfectly fine for Calgary. So Markstrom and Vasilevsky would be the two expensive goals I'd like. Who are you looking for your hat trick pick? Uh, wrote him up in the picks article. I hope it leads to Jacques Martin, um, at least getting demoted back to his like coaching babysitter role. Uh, Nazem Kadri for the hat trick. So I almost got a hat trick yesterday. Uh, Elias Patterson had a four-point game, but that was a pretty not obvious pick, but it's a star. You know what I mean? I got to go back to my spicy roots here. Going Dylan Genther. Ooh, I like that. That would be something. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, we <laughs> we will be back on Thursday. Tomorrow's a pretty short slate. I think it's like three games, two or three games. Just want to say thank you again to the support. I, I've been looking at the numbers of the click-throughs and the uh, – and the people who have been signing up, we've gotten a bunch during the show. So thank you guys so much. I uh, truly appreciate it. It means a lot to us. It supports us directly. Uh, if you did sign up and you weren't a member before, get in that Discord, say what's up, and we will uh, go from there. But anyway, good luck, everybody. Yeah, thanks a lot for the support, everyone. We really do appreciate it. Uh, and good luck tonight. We'll see you on Thursday.